Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Everybody, it is I, the K O D C M, that's King of DC Media, William Powell, your host from the coast, Sage of the Stage. Welcome to another sizzling episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Remember, you can follow the show at Twitter at forward slash inside underbar acting, that's capital I, capital A, inside underbar acting. And you can also follow this show and find all of the old episodes if you go to Facebook. And the handle there is forward slash Inside Acting Radio Show. That's Inside Acting Radio Show. Every word is capitalized. And you can follow me at Facebook. The handle there is William.T.Powell. Tonight, my guests are director Jason Boston and actors Bobby J. Brown and Arturo back from the fantastic short film, some call it a TV pilot, City of Lost Souls. So let me go ahead and read an article I wrote about City of Lost Souls. It, uh, so here you go. City of Lost Souls is a tense, compelling crime drama that pulls the audience into an unforgettably murky world. You can see the award that's going to win. The short film premiered at the AFI Silver Theater in Silver Spring, Maryland, Monday, November 10th. City of Lost Souls is the product of director Jason Boston's Travesty Films. The film follows the life challenges of ex-con Mickey Wallace, Bobby J. Brown of The Wire fame, and his antagonist, Assistant State's Attorney Roger Kenfield, the always excellent Altoro Prince Black. The consistent Consensus of the audience at the premiere was they wanted exploration and payoffs of the multiple compelling storylines, which covered everything from legal horse trading to political payoffs. The film felt like the pilot to a great TV series in the vein of Breaking Bad or The Sopranos. Yours truly, the king of DC media, highly recommends it. Yes, indeed. Plus, yes, indeed. So let me tell you a little bit about the director, Jason Boston. He's also directed short films like On Top, Gone Forever, and Change is Coming. And Bobby J. Brown, he started out as a boxer. He fought Pernell Whitaker three times, and he's played in films like Robert De Niro's City by the Sea and Renee Zellweger's My One and Only and Arturo Prince Black. He's been on the show before. He's been in many, many films including Dracula, Table for Three, Second World, uh, Bloodfire, and Smoke. He's currently filming a film called Man in the Cave. He's actually had three films at the Cannes Film Festival. And he's otherwise known as 
the Prince of DMV Acting. That's the name I gave him the last time he was on the show. So let me let me bring uh, Jason and Bobby and Al Toro on in. Let me bring them on in. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, William, how are you? Bobby, how are you? Good, good. Hey, Bobby. All right. Al Toro, Jason? Yes, indeed. All Jason right. here as well. Okay, hey, thank, thank you everybody for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, Jason, I saw the premiere. I mean, what a flick. Uh, have you decided yet if it's going to be a, a TV series or a standalone film? Yes, I get people keep asking me that question, and unfortunately, I'm still a little bit undecided. Um, I've started to submit to some film festivals, and I think that'll kind of give me a gauge of kind of where this project can go. Um, possibly a feature, possibly a series, um, but most important, you know, I want it to get into festivals and really kind of showcase our work that we did together. Right, good. All right, got a little, a little feedback there in the background. So now, Bobby, what drew you to the character Mickey Wallace? Oh, um, I guess we've, I've seen a lot of these people on the streets uh, being in the boxing world growing up. Um, people are, all they think about is themselves and selfishness just uh, destroys all love. And when something happens to them and they get incarcerated or they go away for a long time, uh, it affects everyone uh, around them. In this instance, uh, Mikey Wallace, he had a uh, a younger cousin and his uh, grandmother. And um, the younger cousin I, I had in my bio was a, a football star who was played. Uh, his name was Big Al, well, Albert. And uh, he had a chance to go off to college to play football, but I got incarcerated, and I asked him to take care of my grandmother. And when I came back out, everybody's lives has changed. Uh, she... She was uh, comatose, and he was a victim of his uh, environment. Um, it's a regular street street thug, and had nothing going for him. And you know, it was just a, a downward spiral, all because of uh, my character's selfishness. Yeah, I kind of got that sense uh, watching the film. Yeah, so uh, Arturo, uh, yeah, we got some feedback there. Okay, Arturo. What drives your character, uh, Roger Kenfield? Great question. Uh, I saw Roger Kenfield's driving force as he is uh, a person who who wants to do good and wants to do right. And the trick to that is that he's willing to do right and do wrong things to get to that right end. So it's the question of, you know, how much, how far, how how are you going to get to where you want, you know, to go? And I think that's a question that we all have to deal with, you know. What are we willing to sacrifice to get what we want? Yeah. It's kind of like, a, the, does the ends justify the means? I know that's something that's kind of a theme just sitting there watching the film, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, so Bobby, now you were a fighter. Now, how did you go from boxing to Broadway, man? 
It was uh, it was by luck. I, I was living in New Jersey under the uh, stable of uh, Carmen Graciano. It's right there in Atlantic City. And guess who comes to Atlantic City to film a movie but Nicky Rourke. He comes, he shoots this movie Homeboy, and he used our whole stable in the film. So I was fascinated by the film environment. And uh, I, I guess... From there, I said, heck, I don't want to fight anymore. I want to, I want to act. So I, from there, I went up to New York City, auditioned for a school, uh, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and went there and got my my acting chops. And then I guess Mickey Work went on to be a fighter. I just saw that he, he at 62 years old, he he just had another fight. which And he won, crazy. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Okay, gearing back to the movie, Arturo, uh, did you draw any real-life experiences to uh, prepare for the role? You know, I've played a – this gentleman is an attorney, an assistant state's attorney. So, you know, I've played a uh, lawyer, attorney a, a lot. Um, people often ask me if I am one. I think I guess I have that look. So, you know, I brought – I tried to bring things that I've done previously – film-wise to it, and um, I can't think of anything specific, you know, to be honest, I didn't really pull from, you know, anything specific, any kind of events in my life, but I just, you know, what I do is I just do what the character would do, you know, I try not to keep it uh, as, I try to keep things as simple as possible and, and not overcomplicate, so, you know, if this character thinks this way, then what would that character do in that situation, just keep it simple and, and do what the character would do. Hmm. All objective based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Jason, uh, do you let your actors improvise? Hmm. Um. I don't think there was a lot of improv improvisation on the set. Um, we were under a little bit of a time crunch, so it was really important to kind of get the scenes done um, with the words on the page but in the future I would like to kind of work with work with that aspect and but overall I mean I think their performances were very powerful they did a great job I mean just jumping into the characters um, so I don't I didn't necessarily think that that was an important um, method to use for, for this project at least okay okay so now, as a director, do you prefer fewer takes or many takes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that right, is a great question. Um, I actually prefer fewer takes. I would love to have three and be done. And I think I was here, here. Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> I was I think I was able to stick to that um, pretty often. Um, I think there were a few scenes that were a little bit challenging with the blocking that maybe we ran, I don't know, up to seven, eight. Um, but I try to stay away from that. I think, you know, running a lot, a lot of takes, I think it fatigues the actor, and you really don't capture anything different. So I think the fewer, the better, and and I'd like to stick to that in the future as well. 
Mm, okay, Arturo, I'll, I'll throw it to you. So are you better on first takes or as you go along? You know, I'm a one and done. I think uh, we've, we got a couple instances of that with this film also. I like to just <laughs> nail it the first time. And, you know, I do a little bit of directing myself, but, you know, get it and then get one for safety and move on. I mean, if you're doing 50, t- and unless the director wants to see something different, you know, uh, one thing Jason's done, he's like, okay, I like that, you know, can you give it to me this way? So that's different than what sometimes people do, which is, all right, do it again. Okay, that was great. Do it again. Like, you can do things <laughs> ten times. You don't do that. So I do appreciate uh, Jason's thinking like an actor, um, which is always helpful. I mean, you know, it, it is tiring. It, it, if you're repeating the same old thing 50 times, sometimes you can get frustrated feeling like, well, what did they want? I mean, all I do is the same thing over and over again. So, you know, yeah. kudos to Jason for noticing what actors go through. Yeah, yeah, that's the Clint Eastwood style of uh, directing. So, Bobby, I'm going to throw the question to you. So do you find yourself being more of a one-and-done uh, actor? Uh, I think if you, you know, if the work is done prior, and if you put the, the the work in, when you put the character in front of you, everything comes alive, and it just seems to be spontaneous and, and natural and honest. And, and um, with Jay, working with Jason, I, I, yeah, I think pretty much uh, one, two takes, and, and we moved on. He, he got what he wanted, and he was happy with that. And like he said, we were under a time crunch, and, we were all aware of that, so we, you know, we had to have our work uh, prepared before we came in. So, and I'm sure he appreciated that, so we could just keep it moving. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, always time is money. Time is money. So, Jason, so you did, you were able to direct from the perspective of an actor. So, so specifically, what are some some experiences you've had in the past that that prepared you that way? I mean, what productions have you acted in or what classes have you taken or what have you observed that that prepared you for that? That's a good question. Uh, I, I wouldn't consider myself an actor. Um, right. I'm, I'm just interested kind of in, in the human condition and human behavior and what makes people tick. Um, I mean, and just interacting. I mean, there's so many things in our lives you know, that are interesting or or compelling or or disturbing. And it's like, why did my friend say that to me? Or why did my parents do this to me? I mean, all that stuff you can use in filmmaking. And, you know, it's just filmmaking. I mean, films to me is just like, you know, real human life. And it's a reflection of that. So that's kind of, you know, how I work with my films is I try to put myself in their shoes try to understand the character, you know, work with the actors and try to try to tell a compelling story. Yeah, that's uh the human condition is something that I think that I did get that from from watching the film. I saw a lot of relationships, a lot of characterization and also one thing that was a little bit it really teased me a lot. You brought up a lot of storylines, and it's like I'm waiting for a payoff, I'm waiting for a payoff, I'm waiting for a payoff. And I think, I guess there's an old adage, you know, leave them wanting more. And that's really, you know, as I said earlier, I think it could really blossom into, like, 
a TV series or everybody or series, who came up to me. Movie, you know? Everybody who came up to me at the end, they said, well, what's happening next? What's happening next? I said, I pointed to Jason. I said, see that guy over there standing over there? Go tell him you want to see more. That's that's what I did. <laughs> I mean, may, maybe it's just my style, but to me, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I felt there was a pretty clear conclusion, you know, at the end of the film. You know, at the end, we see someone take the bait, someone turn corrupt. And then we see another guy kind of walk away, you know, from his old lifestyle for good. And I hope people kind of picked that up in the ending. I I understand if they wanted to continue that journey, you know, what they're going to do after that. But I thought, you know, I tried to kind of build the character and their decisions and the scenes. And I thought, to me, (laughs) it was a clear, you know, ending. But I guess people... Still wanted more. <laughs> mm, yeah. So I'm gonna go back to you, Bobby. You said the the work is done prior to you getting on the set. So what's what's your approach? You know, when you sit down and analyze that script, are you uh, you go for the kind of the method uh, approach to things? Do you you look at super objectives? Do you? I mean, what's some of the things you use? Did you do to prepare for a role? Uh, I look at the arc um, of the character from how he starts, where he started from, uh, the conflict, and then to where he ends up. And then pretty much anything that I've gone through in my life, I or somebody out that I'm close to, I I can draw from that, and I just try and live live my acting through the lines of life experiences. So I guess you can say basically method. Hmm. Okay. Okay. How about you, Altaro? Uh, you know, the great thing about many things, many professions is folks do do different things. I, I pull from, again, like what I mentioned earlier, just, you know, what is this character about? And from there, all the decisions are made. And, you know, that would include what happened to them when they were, you know, younger or nine or whatever. But but I never think about those things because when we walk around, like, here's a great example. Uh, had an audition today and, you know, somebody walked in and they had a chip on their shoulder, um, you know, in the room. So the person leaves and another person in the room says to me, hey, is that person always like that? So, Mm. guess what? We weren't talking about the person who had the chip on the shoulder, what happened to them when they were nine. We weren't going into that backstory and everything. We're talking about, hey, the guy's here, he's irritated, you know, somebody said (laughs) hi to him, he didn't say anything back. So, you know, I I kind of go from the, uh, what's this person like? And, and that's how they're like. And, we, you know, we can get into, you know, what made them like this and such and so forth. But, hey, what 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 are you like? Play the scenes like what you're like. That's a good, yeah, because we all have a personality. And it's, it's very hard to, almost impossible to change. You are who you are. So, like you say, you could go into this Freudian thing where you sit stuff on the couch. Oh, this guy has a backstory. Is this, he has that. Yeah, it's like ninety percent of the time, you know, what is this person like? That's that's a, a fresh perspective of 
I don't think I'm not sure if I've ever really heard of that approach before, but I think that's a, that's a good way to, to approach well, this will be the last time you ever hear it. I'm never going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> do it when I hate when people, people ask me what I do. But yeah, that's that's what's what I do. Just uh, it's a great there's a great uh, teacher. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but it's M A M E T. Um, David Mamet or Mame or whatever. But he wrote a great book called uh, True and False. And when I read that book, I felt like he understood me. So you know, I, I, there's many different methods. And the beautiful thing again is people can use what works for them. I mean, you know, if it's office work or if it's you know, uh, athletic ability, people do what works for them. And as long as you get to that end, I mean, I love what Bobby did. People were coming up to me talking about Bobby's stuff. So, you know, and his beautiful big eyes and all the girls were talking about his eyes. I mean, he did some great stuff. So, you know, we all got to where we wanted to be to where people were asking Jason to see more. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. David, David Mamet. Yeah. Um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and all that stuff. Great, great writer, great writer. Okay, so, uh, Jason, so describe your audition process. Sure. Um, so, luckily, <laughs> okay. Altoro sat in a few, and that was an interesting experience. But anyways, um, the, the what principal... What does that mean? No, I'm kidding. No, he got to see the good, bad, and the ugly. But uh, anyways, um, uh, luckily, the principal cast, um, I knew a lot of the actors personally. So like El Toro and Bobby, Patricia, Johnny. So they kind of got the roles automatically because I thought they would do a great job. I spoke to them previously about the project. Um, But for kind of all the side roles, we did have an extensive <laughs> casting session, I think about two days, up in uh, Bel Air, Maryland. Um, I think we saw over 150 people. Yep. So it was a lot to see. And we just essentially cast the best people who fit the role, who could act um, accordingly, according to the character. And luckily, I, I, I feel very strongly, you know, that we were able to get everyone that we needed in the project. Hey, I'd like to say that um, on the audition process, um, my son uh, got the the chance to audition for uh, Al, Big Al. And uh, I'd like to thank Jason, I mean, and and Al Toro. I mean, you were in the audition. But uh, that was the first time that I got a chance to work with my son. So it was, that was really a big thrill to me. And, and I just want to say, I gotta, say, I gotta jump in because Bobby, I don't know if you, I mean, I know you remember. I came up to you and I said, "What is his contact information?" Because he nailed that audition to the freaking wall. Like he was so, inv- he was so good that in my mind there was not another person, and I didn't even know he was your son. So it was like he was just so good. It was he was just so, so good. So whatever y'all are doing in the house, I don't know. Keep it up. <laughs> it, was, it was good. He was all over the floor. He was choking and spitting. I mean, he was like it was. It looked like somebody choked him, and there was nobody there. He was just getting choked up. So it's great. 
That sounds like a, a hell of a lot of this, and I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> in like five years, you know, David Letterman will be like, we got a clip for you from uh, City of Lost Souls, and it'll be like Bobby Brown Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see that on late night TV. All right, so we got about 20 minutes left, so we got some time to play around a little bit and go into the past and talk about past projects and uh See what's going on with different things. So, like, uh, oh, so Altura, what's what's uh, the latest on uh, Drag Cool? What's going on there? You know, we've got um, we had some interest from actually overseas as far as shooting a uh, some funding for shooting some extended scenes, extended actually episodes. Um, and I'm not sure where everything is with that, but I do also know that I received. Now I'm just trying. I'm self-censoring myself. Um, I received some messages this past week about uh, some filming in the spring, uh, availability as far as the spring goes. So I mean that's definitely moving on. Um, and thanks for asking about it. It's a great project, for cool with Michael Marino um, and MCM Films. But that's just. I'm excited about that. It's a, a really great supernatural political thriller type project. So yeah. Yeah, I just had uh, Mike Marino on a couple of weeks ago. I hear it's it's doing pretty well. Nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, Jason, I know you had a lot of shorts uh, films you've done in the past. So on top, gone forever. So uh, did those go to festivals or what ha- what happened with those? Sure. So On Top was the last one, and we played at a couple different film festivals, um, WMIFF, I think one in, I guess we had a Baltimore premiere as well for the film, um, and right now that one's just on my website, so anyone can check it out and see the very talented uh, Nikki Estridge, who plays Adriana. Um, she was also in uh, City of Lost Souls. Um but moving forward, you know, I, I really, you know, think doing all these shorts has kind of prepped me to, to do a feature. So I'd like to do that on my horizon. So we'll see if I can get that going. Okay, so you mentioned uh, Nikki Esther. So I've got to, uh, I know she's a married lady with kids and all, but Altura, i I got to get you again, man. I got you last oh, time you were on the show. These yeah. women, I mean, you're like the chick magnet in these movies, man. <laughs> well, you're kind. Thank you very much for saying that. Uh, from your lips to God's ears, that's what people I say. I got to get you again, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a professional. It's such hard work. Somebody's got to do this hard work around here. So. Man, I saw you sweating on the screen. I saw you working hard on the screen, man. I, I, we felt for you. <laughs> tough. 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 Yeah, that was she's a great actress. That was that was some y'all had some very good scenes together. I love that she's very professional. Sometimes um, you know, actresses maybe aren't as professional as they could be and they've got other things going on in their head, but she's just down to earth, she's friendly and she does understand all jokes aside that I mean, listen, we have to protect we have to fool the audience and make the audience think we're in love. So right. That's the trick. And if you're thinking about other things and not thinking that you love this person, you know, it's not going to come across on the screen. So I love her and appreciate her for her ability to to do that and to still just be cool and chill and, and great. So Jason had a good pick there, you know. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Bobby, you got to tell me what you learned from the great Robert De Niro just being on that set. What did you learn on, on that movie, man? Oh, improv. <laughs> the improv king. You know, it was funny. I had a couple of lines in that movie, and I knew that he uh, liked to improv. And then when, when we're on the set, uh, the director says, all right, can we run a rehearsal? Can we run a rehearsal? And I said, I'm not going to say my lines. I'm, I'm sitting there saying to myself, I'm either going to get fired here and or it's going to work out. So I came out and I just started saying stuff off the top of my head about uh, his character. Uh, his character was he was the father of uh, James Franco. And his, his son was accused of uh, killing a cop. And he was a cop himself, but he was estranged from the son, so he was trying to uh, protect his son. And uh, so I came in there and I started talking about his son and his past and why he was estranged from his son and this and that. And he just jumped right on it. And uh, it, it just went from there. So my couple of lines ended up being like five minutes in the movie. And then when the director, right after the rehearsal, the director says, all right, cut. And I was like, hey, here it goes. He's going to say, oh, can you stick to your lines, please? Or or you don't have to. But he didn't say that. Robert De Niro came right over to me and goes, hey, man, that was great. Um, can you um, just start it again like that? And I'm just going to go off what you say. And then the director comes up and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start it and, and, and let Bobby follow. Let Bobby follow. And I said, okay. So it, it worked out for me. It was a gamble, but it worked out. And it, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, just being there with uh, those two great actors, James Franco and, and the legendary Robert De Niro, man, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, that sounds like, like a lot of fun and a great, uh, great experience. Yeah, it's something I, I will never forget. I mean, that was a, that was like the the highlight, one of the highlights of my acting career. And the okay, other one was uh, I got to grab. Uh, <laughs> I had a scene with Renee Zellweger and my one and only, and I had to I had to grab her her bottom. And uh, <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable, uh, and I was like, okay, um, we're gonna have a rehearsal. Should I should I just grab her rear end now, or should I wait for the real? The, the real take. So she just comes over to me. I mean, she was a class act. She introduced herself to everybody, and she comes over to me. She goes, "I know you got to grab my my butt, so why don't you just go ahead and grab it and get it over with." It's probably more of a it's more <laughs> of a thrill. It's probably going to be more of a thrill to me than it is to you. And so I grabbed her butt, and then after that, it just kind of took the edge off, and the, the scene played out pretty good. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> Oh, what would the folks in church say about that? <laughs> hey, hey, like Arturo said, you got to make it real, right? You got to make gotta it real. It. <laughs> All five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pinching, just grab. <laughs> All right, Arturo. Uh, so, what happened with uh, Bachelor Bachelorette's degree, man? I know you directed that. It came out about a year ago. So, what's going on there? Well, you know. Um, I just received news that we are having a spring premiere. I actually received that news um, right before City of Lost Souls, right before or right after City of Lost Souls. Um, the executive producer and writer, Fernetta Cornish, she let me know that we're having a spring premiere in D.C. So the word's going to be coming out. Everybody come out. 
It's a romantic comedy about a young lady making life choices uh, with love, with work, with what to do. Like, we all have to make these choices. And I was fortunate enough to be able to direct it and uh, have a little part in it. I might be, you know, the love interest, one of them. So uh, March, come out March, we're going to be at Angelica Pop-Up, if I remember correctly. So more details will be coming out about that. But thanks for asking. Bachelorette's degree, yes. Yes. Okay, Jason. Um, So I know you don't consider yourself an actor, so I'm going to ask you a a director-focused, oriented question. What are some directors that inspire you? Ooh, it's a good one. Um, I love Darren Aronofsky and Danny Boyle. I think okay. their uh, their films are are very deep, yet they're kind of still in the Hollywood system. You know, they get wide release. I mean, Black Swan, 127 Hours. I just they have really kind of interesting films under their belt, and I really aspire to be like them. Um, so I look up to them. Yes. Yeah, I know we had the pleasure of uh, meeting Mr. Stone last spring. That was that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was for like a TV series, right? No, no, no. Oliver Stone at the uh, yeah, right. The series the series he does on uh, Showtime. I think the real mm-hmm. what was it. Uh, Real U.S. History, I think the name of it is. Yeah, it's almost surreal to try to <laughs> to meet these people in person. It's, it's a little yeah. bit overwhelming, but uh, me and you tried right. <laughs> to get up to Absolutely. them, but that was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Bob, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, how did you get the corner and the wire? Uh, the corner... Well, I got the wire through the corner, and uh, yeah. that's a pretty interesting story. I got a, a, a pretty audition in, and the audition went out on tape, of course. And when you're an actor, you, you get your call back. So when you have the call back, you're in front of the uh, the director and the producer. So I went over to the front desk, and I, and I was just making conversation. And I said, hey, um, who's, the, uh, who's the director uh, for this? And he goes, oh, it's Charles S. Dutton. And I and I said rock, and he goes, oh no, no, you don't. Whatever you do, don't say rock, because he had the, you know the show Rock uh, from oh, Baltimore. Yeah. And he said, hey, yeah. he's a very serious actor. He, you know, he wants to go by Charles S. Dutton. I said, oh okay, okay. So I went in there for the audition. I auditioned for the part, and I guess my name kind of was an icebreaker because they said, this, hey Charles Dutton, this is Bobby Brown, and the whole room broke out you know, in laughter. And then I did my part. <laughs> And I did my part, and as I was leaving, uh, Mr. Dutton says, uh, hey, you know, good job, Bobby. And, you know, everybody says that when you, when you're after your audition. I guess it's like a, a common line. And I just kind of th- had a throwaway line back to him. I said, oh, hey, thanks a lot, man. And uh, I just grabbed the door and was walking on out. And he goes, hey, hey, Bobby. And I said, what? He says, man, when I said that was a good audition, I really meant it. So I just had a big smile on my face, and I said, Man, thanks, Rock. And then everybody busted out laughing. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you Rock." He said, "No, it's it's quite all right. You can call me Rock. That's that's fine." So, and I I got the part. And then 
from that, uh, it it catapulted on to the uh, to the wire. And uh, the corner was a true story, but David Simon was the writer of both both uh, the wire and the corner, and uh, he basically wrote me into the wire. So I didn't even really have the audition for that one. So I got I kind of. I guess that's the good thing, like knowing people like David Simon, uh, Jason uh, Boston, and he knew he knew our work. So he, you know, you just get people to eventually just to write you in, and that's one of the perks. It happens too yeah. far in, in between, though. Yeah, yeah. I was you thinking about uh, you said you, Bobby Brown. Everybody started laughing at, at when you introduced yourself. Uh, I know when the Bobby Brown had the, the song "Don't Be Cruel." I guess you had to tell the the people behind the table, "Hey, I'm giving all this, and don't be cruel." <laughs> <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah, next time. <laughs> okay, so we're down to about uh, five minutes left. So, uh, Toro, so go ahead and talk a little bit about the Man in the Cave and whatever else you got coming up, and how fans can uh, keep up with you. Uh, sure. Um, well, I, I, I got a little bit more of an online presence since we last talked. You know, as much as I like to be private, I understand people want to know what's going on. So I have a little Facebook page, a little fan page. I still have my private one with uh, a few people on there. But uh, I've got a Facebook page so folks can see what's going on there. Um, I'm also Instagramming. Snap, snap, taking little pictures and throwing the filters. So doing that, that's fun. Um, Twitter every now and then. Of course, you've got YouTube, tons of commercials and auditions and trailers, things on YouTube. Just type in Altoro. Same with IMDb. There is only one Altoro um, in, you know, IMDb as far as I know. I Googled Altoro one time, and the only thing that came up was an Italian horse for sale. So, uh, and I saved, I, I took a picture of it. I'm like, okay, this is the only thing right now, you know, uh, Al Toro, a, a black Italian horse, like 16 hands high or something. Italian stallion, black Italian stallion. There you go, my, the new nickname. So, uh, yeah, just people can follow me on all those kind of things. And um, I look forward to, uh, again, seeing everybody who can make it out and those who can't can cancel their plans and come see Bachelorette's Degree in March. So, uh, yep, thank you. Very good. Okay, Jason, how about you? What you got coming up and how can uh, fans keep up with you? Sure. So I think I want to do a sci-fi film next. It's probably going to be a short, maybe like a proof of concept you know, see if I can get some CGI or some kind of really cool elements put in the film and maybe possibly make it a feature. We'll see how that goes. Um, probably middle of next year I can try to do that, something different because I'm used to doing crime dramas or dramas. Um, but you can find me on my website, Travis D. Films, T-R-A-V-E-S-T-E-E, films.com. Uh, you can see some of my work, some of my other films. Uh, you can see my social media links, my IMDb. So check it out. All right. Okay, Barbara, what you got coming up? Uh, I've been working on, I guess it's a labor of love. I, I, I shot one documentary years ago. It was called Off the Chain. I won a couple of awards uh, and uh, got worldwide distribution. 
And from there, I've been since '09. I've been working on uh, a documentary about Parliament Funkadelic, and okay. I have a working title uh, currently right now called uh, P Funk: The Untold, Untold Story. I interviewed about 30 members, all the original members uh, that were that started with the group, and um, I got some original music coming out and some great stories. And I, I, this is going to be a phenomenal piece because you know, that music uh, in the 70s of a, with Parliament Funkadelic, with Flashlight, uh, Knee Deep, One Nation Under a Groove, uh, Tear the Roof Off. Matter of fact, uh, Jerome Braley, Jerome Bigfoot Braley, he came to the premiere and saw City of Lost Souls. But uh, I guess mm-hmm. a lot of people, I knew you knew that, but a lot of people didn't know we had uh, Parliament Funkadelic in the house uh, at the premiere at the AFI Theater. He but, didn't uh, tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, I got. He's he's uh, he's in a couple of the uh, red carpet photos, mm-hmm. but uh, that that should be coming out. I'm I'm editing that right now, and uh, that should be coming out uh, this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and follow the same uh, uh, route that uh, Jason's doing with some film festivals. And I, you know, Jason, I didn't know uh, if I heard this correctly, but I heard that you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I heard you entered uh, South by Southwest Festival, and you missed the deadline on it. But they saw the trailer or they saw the movie after the deadline, after the cutoff, and then they called you back and said, "Hey, we saw the trailer or the movie, one of the two, and we really like what we saw, and we're going to go ahead and accept it." Now, I'm, I'm, I'm tooting your horn a little bit, but I, <laughs> I, I heard the second hand. Uh, so, is, is this true? Uh, are, are you in the uh, accepted into the festival, or do you know yet, or did that happen? Well, that is a true story, Bobby. Uh, I won't know if we were accepted, I think, until maybe February. But, yeah, they have, like, late deadlines, and I missed it. Um, but I just emailed them and tried to explain the situation. Um, and I sent them the trailer and all the film info, and they luckily – let me in after the deadline, and hopefully, hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, hats off to you, man. That says a lot. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Absolutely. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Breaking news, folks. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Bobby, and uh, how can uh, fans keep up with your activities? Oh well, I'm on Facebook under Bobby, the middle initial J. Brown, Bobby J. Brown. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty active on there. I'm on a couple times a week uh, talking to friends, and if you want to friend me, uh, just go ahead and, um, or you can follow the IMDb page, uh, Bobby J. Brown, and that's basically it. And that's how they keep up with me. All right, okay. and I will, I will be announcing the, uh, the. Uh, what, what's going on with the documentary uh, coming in this uh, 2015? Absolutely. Okay, gentlemen. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I had a had a great time. I really want to have you guys on the show again sometime, and I really wish you luck in everything you guys are doing. Hey, thanks thank a lot, you. William. I really appreciate, it. and I enjoy your show, man. Hats off to you. Thank your you. great work. And uh, interviewing the local talent. Oh, absolutely! Yes. Thank you so much, yeah, William. Absolutely. Yes, we'll yes. all call oh, you from yes. South by Southwest. 
<laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to ride on the same plane. Oh, yeah. oh. Jason, Jason, two and Jason, three. Jason, you got our airfare, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, documented. We'll talk about that. All right. All right. Good night. And let me leave you with this quote from Sir Anthony Hopkins. The art of acting is not to act. What you show the more what you are doing is the fact not acting. Good night. <laughs>